everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Katherine Druckmann. Doc Searles and I today are talking to Dan Miller, who is the lead analyst and co-founder at Opus Research. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I suspect we're going to get into chat GPT, but I'm going to let Doc kind of take I, I, I want to jump in here because the cool thing here is that we ambushed Dan. I ambushed Dan yes. by, ta- by text <laughs> where I have everything in my contact list has all of his San Francisco addresses and none of his New York ones. That's where he is right now, uh, like three blocks from where we live in New York when we're there. Um, but you're abandoning that moved. place, Dan, yes. right? And you're moving to California. Are you back, moving back to your old house? Yes, yes. Oh, Nobody excellent. can That's afford to move back. <laughs> Nobody who left to California place. can afford to move back. <laughs> it's the only way you can do it. <laughs> so you, you kicked out whoever was there and you're going to yes, go Yes, my there. daughter. Oh, thank you daughter. very much. No, <laughs> no I don't want to <laughs> sound... It in. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to sound like lacking compassion. She, um, she and her then boyfriend uh, got married and moved to bought a house and moved to Denver, which oh, cleared wow. the way to make this decision really easy. Because wow. um, New York's coming back to life. I just want to. I, I, I've loved it here. We've been that's, here five years, and that's and, that's um, an easy United flight from San Francisco to Denver. So right, you know, we're, not bad. Right. And I, I should point out that I, when I first met your kids, who are now adults, in in that house, when they were blowing bubbles uh, on yes. on a deck in the back, and you have this fabulous view, kind of down toward Mount San Bruno, and kind of in that direction. It's a right. It's fabulous, fabulous yeah, location. Sounds lovely. And great for visiting that. coming up from the peninsula because you don't have to go all the way into all of San Francisco. You're right. You just have to hunt for parking right there. <laughs> anyway, and I learned I learned what the Emerald City was going to visit you. I had no idea what that was. Yeah. In, in, in New York, we just you know walked three blocks. So um, I, I, I want to introduce Dan a little bit because Dan has been an analyst for as long as I've known him, and uh, and extraordinarily insightful about stuff, and very based in reality. And he's been all over. Um, the use of voice by companies basically in interacting with each other, with people and so forth. And what's happened with chat GPT and now with Microsoft trying to get in front of that and spending money on it. It's like, and, and Dan's on a number of lists that I'm on and he's making more sense than anybody on this stuff. Wow, and it's like, history funny. has found Dan. It this history is catching <laughs> up. To Dan. <laughs> so tell, tell me, yeah. Dan, how does it feel to be there and what's this like right now? <laughs> right. Panic mode here. Um, no, it's, so we're allowed to swear on this, right? So, so. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'll probably beep it out for you Apple's can beep sake, it out. but okay. go for it. Well, it's the, no, stuff has gotten real. Because I, ah, I, I um, use, and that, that was my slogan going into last year. Because the stuff I'd been writing about, and and you know, Doc Doc mentioned about voice, but you know, it, it's really that speech recognition, which involved um, natural language understanding, and then machine learning, so it, it would improve, and then some application layer, so people could do stuff with it, was one of the sharp ends of the spear to bring what you know, people are now calling AI <laughs> into our lives. And uh, I, I sort of wrote about it abstractly, <laughs> uh, you know, because I founded Opus back in 86 and it wasn't even on our chart, but you know, right around the turn of the century, 
we realized that there were going to be companies figuring out how better understanding of what we say is is going to lead to um, us understanding each other better, <laughs> machines understanding us better, and and sort of taking better control of of sort of the I, IT environment, um, and that uh, was hypothetical <laughs> and we wrote about it in the abstract and then coming into like maybe two year two or three years ago when like all of these algorithms that existed to support you know deep neural networking and you know ingesting a mass amount of data to understand stuff better and then do some something with it became kind of useful because the accuracy was improved by increased computer power and the fact that you could build big language models to understand more stuff. <laughs> and in the past like year and a half, the stuff works. And, and, um, and that's on the, the speech side, which I want to point out is really important as you look at um, chat GPT and its precursors, GPT-3, <laughs> um, Lambda from Google, uh, NVIDIA has some things going on, Facebook did. <laughs> that, that um, a lot of it is understanding human language, primarily in text. <laughs> so even though I started out as speech, <laughs> it, it's still about, you know, what are the computer resources that make the most out of understanding what we're saying? And then what's evolved around it uh, in, in terms of applying it to real world use cases, if you will. So, okay, so we're talking about, are we talking about speech recognition, speech generation? All, all, I mean, we could talk Ooh. about all of those things. Okay. So those are, those are when you say speech, I, I think yes. both of those things are kind of equally in my mind. Oh, that, and, and that's another great point. So, um, so the old school stuff was ASR, automated speech recognition, and uh, TTS, text-to-speech rendering. And you could build these conversational models uh, where the resources for speech rec got more accurate and the, you know, in terms of understanding what we want. <laughs> and, and so it gets made into intent. And Doc is the author of the book, the, all the books about intent. And I'm in awe of him about that. Um, you know, these were tools for hearing what you say and matching it to your intent. And that's, that's sort of the ASR plus natural language understanding stuff. The um, TTS was just for like the Alexa and Siri and whatever world where the thing had to answer with responses that primarily started as text, but then were rendered in some human-like form. And, you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of, you know, there's something called Sphinx that existed in the public domain for 40 years that could sound like a robot and take text and answer you, but sounded like a robot. So it wasn't very engaging. And then the um, speech generation is, is a relatively new thing in terms of the level of creativity that's going into people saying, hey, um, they can call it speech morphing or what have you, but you can take a small sample of, of yeah, of what people say 
and take a larger sample of things that anybody says, and you can render what have you as Keanu Reeves or Joe Biden or Barack Obama, and and it, and you know that's introducing a, another set of creative thinking, if you will. Yeah, I wonder. So, I'm not to go off in too much of a tangent, but I was reading yeah. about this idea of a chat GPT of chat GPT introducing a watermark feature to yes. indicate to to make their text uh, detectable, so that you could detect that this is actually AI generated and for whatever reason that you might want to do that, that seems extra important for generated speech. Is, yeah. is, is that a thing? Absolutely. Is that what you is sort of watermark? I mean, I certainly hope way? so. I certainly hope there's some way to detect because otherwise any of us is in grave danger from, <laughs> you know, I don't know, say, say yes to so that our system can record you agreeing to this contract, you know, or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and well, so, so split that into two different things. Um, so, so one of the things about synthetic speech, and, and I'll confess, Opus Research, my firm, has covered something called voice biometrics since the turn of the century. Uh, and yes, there you go. We, we had this idealistic belief that there was a positive use, and, and, and actually we maintain it, but <laughs> I'll just say it seems <laughs> idealistic given the context of how you brought this up, is, um, you, you know, the attributes of our speech, how we talk, are um, unique, and they can be an identifier, a way to authenticate ourselves. When you know, and the, and the use cases are like when I call, you know, Chase Bank or Bank of Amer- Bank of America, and they say we'd like to authenticate you by your speech. Um, you can either say a phrase or can listen to what you say and say, oh, I have high confidence that that's Dan because um, I've, I've matched his voice print, which, which is a physical characteristic. It, it is a reflection of what our trachea is shaped like right. and all that. And, and it's also behavioral because all of us speak differently. So it, it is a... It is a um, multiple biometric or it's a multi-factor biometric that can be used to provide certainty that I am who I am based on what I say, which is the other side of the coin of what you're saying, which is, uh, oh, could we watermark utterances (laughs) so that we can trace it back to that person? And the answer is yes. Um, and it's totally independent of, of chat GPT and that sort of thing. It, it's a, sure, Hey, yeah. there's hope for using how we talk and what, and what we say, um, as a way to, to have positive authentication. And, um, yeah. but then let's, let's get into what you're asking is, um, the, if, if you parse what, um, chat GPT or the GPT part of it <laughs> means um, G is generative, which means there's some, and, and actually I want to go right to left here. Trans, uh, so it's a generative pre-trained transformer. Those are the right. three magic words. And transformer is just, a, a, it, it's the term used for just 
an improvement over keyword search. So Transformer is search with context and the ability to refine a search. And, and Doc's written about this as well. So you go on ChatGPT, you give it an instruction, it, it lets you transform it. it. It comes up with an answer, but then you can provide more context and, and it's transformed not just on like individual keywords that you said, but recognizing what you mean and, and then responding in a meaningful way. So transform is really important. Pre-trained is where the big companies, you know, the Google, uh, OpenAI, uh, Facebook in the world are going to make their differentiation. Um, they ingest all the information on the internet, every digital anything that they can get because they, they can afford to. Hmm. And, and they pre-train it. <laughs> and, and I also said that's like the biggest oxymoron that there is because machine learning means you start with something trained, but you keep learning and training on the latest stuff you heard. And, and um, that's powerful. <laughs> and then the generative is where I think we get into some murky areas because... Um, it, the, the responses that are generated are sometimes brilliant, but when there's a low probability or a low certainty, I mean, all these things are math. So they're playing with probabilities. They're saying, oh, gee, I heard Doc ask X. <laughs> and I responded with this because I'm 90% confident that that's what he was asking about. But I have all this information that I've ingested and some of it might be relevant. So I'm going to take a stab every once in a while and just, you know, respond um, with something that isn't really true. So um, I know you asked one thing and I responded with sort of the, you know, fanning out with, with oh, here's where we're at right now. This is what we need to deal with. Well, you responded in depth, which is what we like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we enjoy that. So, so what do you think? Uh, there seems like th there are a couple of things that happened that may be unrelated. One was news that Amazon is either is is sort of like there's something happened with with Alexa where they're they're I don't know what that was. Maybe you remember what that was, <laughs> but but it was not encouraging. It was something bad that happened with oh Alexa. that they laid off a lot. And of They people. laid off a bunch of people. Okay, <laughs> at the same time, Microsoft's getting you know put a billion dollars into. Or uh, ten billion. Three, I think it was three, AI. ten, and, or yeah, yeah. And they're and they're going to mush it into Bing, and Bing yeah. already looks different. Um, yeah. In some ways, I should say I like Bing better um, oh, than man. I like uh, than I like Google. It, it's kind of conditional. My yeah. main thing I like about it is they don't have very crufty long um, URLs. I mean, <laughs> if I want to just give a URL for a search, this is simple yeah. search terms. But we're but I, I want to kind of go back to who we are and what our intentions are in, 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 in the sense that first for who we are, it's part of the human design that we all look different and we all sound different. That's really an interesting thing. And, and we're, we could be profiled all over the place, but we're basically our own unique selves and we are learning machines by nature and we're changing all the time. And, that's what this podcast is about, among other things. And at the same time, we we want help from you know we're 
we don't remember things perfectly. We don't compose <laughs> sentences perfectly. We often don't remember how we started the sentences we're ending or how we end as ones that we're starting. Um, yet we can make ourselves understood, which is also really interesting considering how imperfect we are at expressing ourselves. And we can actually use help with this, Absolutely. you know, and, and, um, and I'm wondering to what extent it's yeah, the hope I have for what, what Microsoft is doing or may do or somebody will do is that we get real help here. You know, we, we get help at being ourselves and, and expressing ourselves and learning what we need to learn and not just shopping. <laughs> you know, I, I, I am so in your camp <laughs> and, yeah. and um, well, and, and like you said, in, in our email threads, all I'm trying to say is ChatGPT has changed um, gen- the general public's, if, if they're exposed to it, perception of AI in a way that moves from like general fear that, or, or, <laughs> or fear that general AI is going to be our, our, you know, our robot overlords. It, it, you know, yeah. it's going to become sentient. It's going to into the idea that this, this is an assistive technology and that, um, it, you know, the ability to, and, and it's a perfect use case, whether, it, whether it's search or write, writing a college essay <laughs> or writing code, there's just a, you can go down the list where people have gone onto the site, registered, described their use case, and they get a result and they say, this, this, you know, it's not great. I still need to review it. I still have a role here. It's not replacing me. Um, <laughs> but this is a, this is a tool. And, uh, you know, that's an important thing to remember. And, you know, you know, what, what you just said, Doc, is that it, it's a way to, um, I mean, ideally where it resides and, you know, in, in our awareness and how we invoke it starts to look like the, you know, the personal assistant, personal agent and stuff that, that we've been talking about in VRM dumb, for a long time. But there, there's a lot of ethical, there's a lot of things yeah. that have to be sorted out betwixt and between architectural and everything. <laughs> yeah. I, um, it's, it's interesting to me that the, I've had a number of conversations with ChatGPT where there were heuristics going on on both sides, you know, where, um, I mean, it, it would move places that, and it, one is just a dead end where it says, well, like I had this little, I, I like Joyce, my wife got a new air and it has a different MagSafe connector than the last two MagSafe connectors <laughs> called oh MagSafe God. 3, right? And, and so I wanted to know if there was an adapter from MagSafe 2 or MagSafe 1 to MagSafe 3. And it told me there is no MagSafe 3 there. It can only, it can, it, Apple only does uh, um, USB-C. And I, and I sent it, I said, okay, here's a URL. <laughs> you know, they have new things now. Yeah. And it comes back and says, up oh, dead end. I only know things up to two years ago, you know? Right. So, okay. so <laughs> and that's, and that's fine. But, you know, in, in another case, um, I was trying to find a quote from a book where I could look it up. I have it searching in Kindle where I have a Kindle copy of it. I don't have many Kindle books, but that's one of them. 
Kindle was slow. Kindle was not giving me the answer. And I and it and it came back and said, okay, what chapter might it be in? And I said, okay, it's in Basin and Range. This is in from John McPhee's Annals of the Former World. And and it had something to do with the height of Mount Everest and being marine limestone. And he said, yeah, I, he said, look, I'm giving it a human pronoun, which is, you know, interesting. It, it came back and, and said, ah, okay, here it is. It's on page 154 of the, uh, of that chapter. And it goes like this. Here's the chap, here's the, here's the quote. And it saved me time for something I was writing. Yeah. It's actually saved me time. It was something I, incompletely remembered. I wanted to cite it. It helped for citation purposes. And I didn't feel manipulated. I think that's sort of a key piece. I mean, a a problem we've had with almost all the intelligence that, the unwelcome intelligence that we encounter online, (laughs) where we don't know what it's doing, is that it's always trying to sell us some shit. You know, it's always, you know, and, and you and I both know this, that trying to help companies be good to their customers ends up at its best with them alone being good to their customers in ways where only they can sell the shit that they have, where, which is not very helpful to us. If I'm looking for, that's another one I, I, I used it for. I want, I want to replace our 2005 Subaru Outback wagon. Station wagons are hardly made anymore. They're only SUVs. I I kind of don't want an SUV. I want like the station wagon. Design is dead. Every, yeah, and all I, these things look exactly the same. Yeah, I, I mean, we stuffed so much stuff into our Subaru wagon going from New York to Bloomington, Indiana, you know, and 61.5 cubic feet or something like that. And yeah. our son, who's, who's better at tetrising things into that space than I am, <laughs> said when it was yeah. done, don't open the back doors of the truck because it's spring-loaded by all the stuff that's <laughs> it's inside. perfect. You know, and, and but the... The interesting thing is it it actually went toward, well, where, okay, here are the candidates. Where are you looking? What's your price range? Let's see what I can, we can find. And Wait, this is ChatGPT? This is ChatGPT. Okay. ChatGPT. And it, and it came down to basically in Bloomington, Indiana, which is where, um, yeah, if you want to come in under $25,000 is nothing. If you want to pay more than that, Audi makes a wagon, Volvo makes a wagon. You know, you might want one of those. You might want to compromise and and get the latest thing from or the near latest thing from Subaru that's kind of like that, or maybe an, a Toyota Rav Four. But it, it kind of it was a it was useful. It was really useful. It talked me out of shopping, frankly, because I don't want to spend that much money anyway. I'm going to spend like ten thousand dollars, you know, for something at the most. But still, it was like it was. It was so much more helpful than anything else that I had used for yeah. this. And, and even if their learning is only up to two years ago. And I think that's going to become more and more commonplace. I, I think the other aspect, which we may or may not have talked about, is what, you know, there, there's the, quote, AI. <laughs> there's the total automation of this stuff that, that using chat GPT implies and then there's how much human intervention was there (laughs) um Mm. you know basically in in establishing rules about what it could reply with and and also um we're learning you know whether somebody's monitoring what the output 
is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that's been getting very interesting. And and just to back up a little bit, I mean, one one of the issues with Google searches, because it is advertiser supported, um, Google, you know, Google's holding back <laughs> on. I mean, Google has all of the same technology and spades mm-hmm. as as OpenAI. And, you know, that got revealed, you know, when somebody in their research department said, hey, it's sentient, you can talk to it and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Google said, no, that's not right. Um, and then OpenAI yeah. kind of charged ahead and said, oh, look, you can talk to it <laughs> and hold a conversation and it refines stuff. Um, and what one of the things that everybody has been saying is holding Google back is so it's advertiser supported and they've moved ahead with, hey, you know, people used to just put search terms into the search bar in Google and then they'd respond with, you know, the blue links and, and, and that was the response. And since it was ad supported, everything that you saw on the screen were the sponsored links so it didn't necessarily reflect exactly what you were asking. It was more like, hey, what did somebody pay me the most to show up here so that you would see that? So, so Google has some work to do <laughs> to keep its, its, you know, its business model, which can also flip around and say, hey, if Microsoft puts this in front of Bing and search becomes conversational and the responses are you know, full essays, <laughs> where do the ads go? <laughs> and, 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 are, and are they ads even ooh, anymore? You yeah. know, I mean, it, it, it may be, and I, I think ideally, maybe, I can imagine a ch- the same conversation where ChatGPT would say, yeah, I'm getting money from Volvo, but I'm not getting it from these other ones. <laughs> you know? Right, and just being more, dead on. I know more about Volvo because they let me know more about it because they're paying me to, to to fill my my robot brain with a lot of information that the others haven't given me. Um, and that may be part of Google's thing, is that we we know more about what every retailer is selling than than uh, you do or the, the, than Amazon does. I mean, it changes things for all these companies. I think it changes it. For, I, yeah, it, you know, it, for, it, for Amazon as well. I mean, I, Amazon is. I, I mean, somebody said, and I think it's correct that advertising corrupts, and digital advertising corrupts absolutely. Um, <laughs> that what or what digitally, happened at least? <laughs> yeah, what what's happened to to Amazon was is it is so hard to 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 know what's just you know it says this is. You got it down three yards vertically of sponsored crap before you get to what you might call the organic results. You know, and Amazon corrupts it even more by having, um, you know, Amazon, um, you know, Amazon originals or Amazon, whatever they are, you know, where their own generic private label things, um, which may or may not be good, you know, but they're competing with their own you know, their own um, retailers on that stuff. Um, I think there's an opportunity with Microsoft on this to maybe step back a bit and take a less bias and, you know, a less bias corrupted approach, you know, or something like that, where, where the money does not corrupt the results in quite the same way. 
Right. But why or do we not... believe that it wouldn't? I mean, isn't this just a question of presentation? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, I mean, don't have a whole lot of faith in that. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you just so just you know I mean, bias your shitty ad business too, and they results. envy the others, and you know, there's there's that. I don't know. I can just imagine a generative AI response weaving in, you know, weighted results depending on how much somebody's advertising on Bing. For example, you know, you can ask a question about car engines and it might weave in a Ford or it is you yeah. know, to the story. You know, I, I, I again, I, I see it as just presentation. I, I, I guess I'm maybe a little bit cynical, but I don't see the advertising disappearing just because the presentation <laughs> is a little bit different. A lot well, different. Catherine, I don't think it disappears, no, I but, I, but I mean, it, it's like here, here to me is a perfect world, which we'll never have, but it's, here's the perfect world. Companies may do the best job they can, work really hard to make the best products and services they can, based on good intelligence that they have about what they do and their own original stuff. And customers have tools for finding that stuff and participating with those companies and relating to those companies. We have a kind of controlled study of that with some companies, like, like uh, and I often use this as an example, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is loved in part because, in large part, because they don't have no marketing whatsoever. You know, they don't have any records on any customers. They're not busy tracking anybody. Their intelligence is largely human. You know, when when you when you ask where the organic yogurt is, and the person who is busy, you know, putting bags of peanuts on one shelf walks you over to the other one. They're gathering intelligence that they kick upstairs <laughs> and they do it in a kind of voluntary basis where it's not that formalized. They have to fill out a form at the end of the day or anything like that. But they it's humans dealing with humans to understand as best they can what people are looking for. And 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 there's no there's no gimmicks. They go out of their way not to have any gimmicks. And and as a result, they're loved and their products are generally pretty good and pretty cheap. And, um, and people love them. And that's, you know, and, and another interesting one is, is actually Apple. I, I, I would love it. And I, I have some hope for this. If Apple actually just got rid of the, the um, uh, what is the, there's a four letter acronym for ID, oh, IDFA, ID for advertisers. The IDFA should be gone from phones. Totally gone, you know. Unless what Apple does with it is make it something that's totally controlled by the customer <laughs> and the customer can say, I, I'm glad to be identified by Trader Joe's, for example, you know, yeah. um, or somebody I, I trust and like rather than, than by somebody who's putting a crosshairs on my brain. Um, <laughs> and so but, you know, how do we get there, you know, is a question. It's been a question we've had for 17 years with Project VRM, which right. Dan mentioned earlier. And, and I mean, one of the things we've learned over the years is, okay, um, I'm, I'm me. I do want to be engaged. I do own my iPhone. I didn't even, if, if I'm just your basic iPhone user, I don't know there's IDFA. And if somebody told me, populate this thing, <laughs> identify yourself, tell me your preferences, all that sort of stuff, um, I may do it once. <laughs> I may build a profile but I don't maintain it. And one of the promises of, you know, whether it's ChatGPT or any of these machine learning models 
is they can impute my preferences and they do a shitty job of it. You know, current technology does a really bad job of it. Some of the stuff you're talking about, and Catherine, you brought up you sort of watermarking, um, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I want to invert that and say, you know, we, we have the computer power <laughs> to, to, to do a lot more inferences um, and we're sort of going to get incentive to build feedback loops that involve humans. And if it's on the supply side, these are, you know, the people at Microsoft or OpenAI that are saying, you know, we're not going to let the responses go, you know, totally Nazi, fascist, sexist, homophobic, whatever, you know, we're never, we're not going to do Tay again. Um, but if, but if there's something sitting at, at the point of entry that's sort of saying, oh, I could, I could get to know this, per-, you know, I, I could relieve the person of the burden of describing him or herself <laughs> by sort of knowing you know, based on the behavior. And I know this is surveillance and, and, and Doc, I've been meaning to bring this up. Uh, you know, it, it is, I mean, is there benign surveillance? Is, is there, I can use this technology that understands all, you know, not just intent, but, you know, sort of could get predictive, could get proactive based on observing the activities of an individual um, to, to do something in their favor, to provide more accurate responses, to know that you prefer, you know, Subaru to whatever. You don't have to say it the next time. And I, I think one of, you know, I, I don't think people have made this leap yet with ChatGPT. They're, they're sort of saying, oh, what are the business use cases? How how's Microsoft going to make money? They want to put ten billion dollars into this. What do they think they're getting out of this? And uh, that's sort of out of ignorance. But I mean, there's some first order things that are saying um, machines are able. The machines these days that do this ingestion and analytics are far beyond what we humans can do. And maybe they could work in on in our benefit. I see the title of our next episode is is there such a thing as benign surveillance? Because we're going to have to spend a lot of time figuring that out, I think. I don't, well, is it, sur- um, is, it, is it surveillance or simply, there's probably a better, I think when it's, there, there's probably some other French word. That we, can use. <laughs> we need to you find know, it, yes. The French I, always have I, the good you know, words. I, I, Possibly I, a German I, word. I, I feel a little bit like, 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 like George W. Bush has said, there's, the French don't have a word for entrepreneur, you know, so. <laughs> 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 uh, that may be apocryphal, and you may not have said that. I, I, I hope so, and I hope not. Uh, but I think there is a um, we we have it now. I I don't have a big problem with Google knowing my location. I like Google Maps. I use Google Maps a lot. It does a pretty good job of guessing. You know, a lot of stuff. Sometimes the you know they, they tend not to have too much commercial stuff on it that's of no interest to me. I have no idea to what extent uh, this is a bad thing, but I, I, I like the fact that where my car is informs the traffic um, thing. I found mm-hmm. that out Way on Cape Cod once when I was stuck at a light and that was the only one there. And I'm looking <laughs> at the map and it turns red and the light, light's stuck. And, oh, okay, there's a traffic jam here because 
my location is reporting to Google Maps <laughs> that this is going on. And but I'm also aware of, of how, like in Los Angeles, almost everybody uses Waze. I don't know why Waze mm. is the big one there, like but it Waze. is. And and we were using Waze, and we're going down the 110. We say the 110 because we take articles in California on our highways. And there's a traffic jam, and all of a sudden Waze says, "Take the Stadium Way exit." There's a, there's a accident ahead or something like that. And about eight cars take the same exit and are routed through surface streets that they would never know anything about, right? For until they get put back on the 110 or, or onto the 10, depending on where they're going. And it was like, oh my God, Waze is optimizing traffic. That's what's going mm-hmm. on. And some maybe some people are left on the highway. Maybe some got peeled off. But it was an interesting thing to me that this was going on and that I did not have a problem with it. I felt that stuff is very dangerous in Texas. It, it does. It, 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 I, I, tell you some stories. I felt excessively so, yeah. convenienced by that. And here's a, here's a, a worse one in a way. I, I had a long talk with one, with one of our list members, Dan, I'll leave him nameless, but one of our <laughs> list members who is in a business where tracking might be welcome and kind of making a case that I heard people from Facebook making, which is that, you know, a lot of people on Facebook, maybe even most people on Facebook, don't mind getting ads that are close to personalized. They insist they are never personalized, by the way. Mm. They, it's just a whole bunch of parameters that happen to line up. And presumably a bunch of other people who are like you. If I suddenly get ads for Subaru Outbacks in Bloomington, Indiana, I'll know what went down, right? And in if I've if I've done that, but that this, but that a very large percentage of Facebook's advertising is small business doing this, right? You know, so, but we don't trust Facebook a whole lot because they've not earned our trust and have not been very disclosing about what they're doing. Mm, Cambridge Analytica. And, and, and what I'm kind of <laughs> hoping for is maybe, and you could answer this, Dan, we, because we're getting down short rows here, time-wise. Um, would Opus Research or some other organization be like the the fair witness looking at what's going on with these things saying that one that one meets we can look into that one well enough so we know it meets our standards or is this impossible because algorithms are so complicated and what the machines are doing with the machines is so many layers down into unknowable that the best <laughs> we can do is, is hope that we're not being manipulated Oh, the benchmarks question. Um, I, I'm so it's not something we do at Opus Research, but um, one of the things I've noticed, and you know, Catherine brought up SpeechRec in the past, but um, it, it's it's applying more and more when you add NLU. Is just how accurate um, are the engines we're engaging uh, in? understanding our intent and responding with, and, 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 you know, back in the days of ASR, it was just like, Oh, you know, how accurate was it recognizing the words I say? (laughs) And now is how accurate is it in recognizing what I'm asking, you know, what my intent is based on the words I say or the stuff I I type in. And um, there, there's, there's a number of firms that are doing that right now, and and we're planning to sort of leverage that. Um, mm-hmm. The the 
the big question, you know, when you said, oh, you know, what what is the it there? <laughs> you know, is it you know does it recognize me, <laughs> and or does it recognize you know does it recognize what my words are to then rec- you know respond with the the right thing? Um, you know what 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 are we exactly you know measuring and and then what 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 is the yardstick and what are we establishing benchmarks for? That that gets interesting. Cool. I think um, I, I want to be mindful of time because I know uh, we ambushed you oh. <laughs> and we're probably running <laughs> out of it a great. little bit. No, but, um, but I wanted to, so I was actually just looking at your blog, blog yeah. that you write, and I noticed that in you had a prediction for 2022 about uh, the conversational wow. cloud. Yeah. But I wondered if you had any predictions for 2023. I don't see a blog post about it, but I wonder, right. you know, with everything, there's a lot going on yeah, right now. So maybe we dare not speculate, Okay, but it seems uh, like a good, uh, seems like a good time to you know, wonder what are we going to see with, you know, Microsoft and generated AI? Yeah. What are we going to see with vocal deep fakes or you know, chat based search engines or any yeah. of that stuff? Um, so I, th- I think, I think my number one is um, that, we're going to recognize the value of human intervention. And, and I brought it up a couple of times on, on our conversations here. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to allay people's concerns about these technologies replacing us. And I want to put the lens squarely on how they help us. Uh, but there's a lot of concern uh, in the tech world when, you know, Doc mentioned that there, there's been a lot of layoffs at Alexa, a lot of you know firms that are uh, a lot of tech firms. I'm moving back to San Francisco, and I'm being told <laughs> that the you know the offices are empty, nobody's coming in. There, there's you know, um, and and um, I'll just say I think humans are more necessary than ever, <laughs> and that there are some so. some specific roles we play. Uh, in a world where like massive computers and massive storage systems, you know, pretend to be intelligent or don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm anthropomorphizing even there um, where, they, where they're purported to be taking our place. Um, where they're actually creating uh, new expectations for roles for people. And, you know, some of it can just be distilled into, Hey, Let's keep these things honest. <laughs> um, you know, we do have to check the results because they're inaccurate, and we do need to put constraints around what the answers are because left on their own, they're just they become wildly weird. So that's one thing. We humans are more important than ever. And then the flip side of that is that you know these technologies um, are going to assist us in in being better us. <laughs> and I, I haven't written this one up yet. So I, I, Catherine, thank you. I do have to write up my five, <laughs> my five predictions for 2023. Um, uh, and it, it's, so I think that's one and two and, and it's very human centric. And I, and I think for a good reason, because we're all getting kind of insecure of our role <laughs> in a yeah. world that could be yeah, dominated by, by the machines. Well, well, we'll be sure to include a link to your site where people can find pay perhaps three, four, and five oh, <laughs> later yeah. when, they, when they go up. Yeah, I will, so. I will write that up. 
And yeah, then, um, um, is it? Yeah. So you you want to go to your author archives there, or to um, what? Uh, well, give us the links you'd like us to use. I think. Oh wow! Um, no, just just do in the your, Opus Research thing in general, OpusResearch.net. Yeah, that's what I'm I think at. that's yeah, okay. Um, People can and, nav yeah. There's from a there. bunch of different stuff. Yeah, yeah there's a lot um, of good stuff here. Yeah, I got to yeah. I got to step up my I don't know uh, medium game. I don't know. Doc has his blog that I go to because I have a link to it, but I've never established this. Hey, I got my media medium. Well, I, I have literally dozens of readers on my blog at this point, where <laughs> there were as many as fifty thousand back in the aughts. So yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? You know. It, there, there are more. When we started this, I think there were like thousands of podcasts. There are now millions of podcasts, and, yeah. and there are, you know, everybody has a podcast. But you know, there, there are more and more listeners blogs, too. And then so. there were millions of blogs, and they're back to thousands of blogs again. So you know, uh, who knows? Yeah. But I just spread <laughs> it around tenacious. the best I can. Oh yeah! Send me the link. I want to pitch it. Um, we're gonna. I mean, we've just been observing that everybody's interested in this right now, whatever the this is, because in <laughs> in their own minds, it, it's it's different for each person right now. It's like uh, like Dari said, Dari, my wife, uh, Catherine, yeah. <laughs> Doc knew. <laughs> she yeah. said, she said, I don't know why you think people are interested in this. Can it solve Southwest Airlines' problem? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not right now no not right now yeah. <laughs> maybe it could have i don't know yeah oh, i've heard some funny. good podcasts on that actually and it's uh oh. and what it has to do is you know that the problem was not technical the problem was money you know they decided to Ooh. buy it to spend it on stock buybacks rather than on yeah. serving customers which is what you know when ken what ken kelleher did when he started southwest was we're going to be good to customers we're going to be good to our workers and that was it yeah. What can we do? Period. The end. You know, where can we fit in the marketplace? Everybody else has hubs and spokes. We're just going to have point to point. Everybody else has a zillion different kinds of planes. We're only going to fly seven thirty sevens. You know, right. they made it simple. We're not going to charge you for bags because it's complicated. We don't want to do that. But they never upgraded their damn mainframe or whatever it was. Right. They, yeah. You know. So it, it did turn out to. But yeah, I was impressed when they were saying, "Oh, you know, back in the day." The, the planes would land, they'd promise 10-minute turnaround, and the pilots helped clean the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, so everybody I was the, on a team. It, they, the only accident they ever had, and there was one fatality, it was a, a boy on the ground, was where a plane landed at, at um, Burbank and overshot the runway. It went past mm. the end of the runway. So, And it wasn't necessarily... I don't remember if it was a pilot error or not. There may have been an engine that didn't reverse fast enough or some other thing like that. The only accident they've ever had. And wow. at least up to that point. And you you would think, and this is back in Kelleher's day, and you would think that that their sphincter would be tightened all the way and that everything would be locked down and all PR. Instead, everybody at the gate is like talking to everybody about it. They have ask us any questions you want. There's the plane over there that did that that had the accident. The nose is off right now because they're replacing the radar. It was as human as you could imagine, mm -hmm. and that was what I, when I was flying in and out of Burbank uh, for for some reason, and and I was amazed by it. You know, there was no, there was you know, and and you think about it, having that kind of attitude is so much better 
then we're just going to control everything from the top down. They were trusting yeah. their people. You know, that was the yeah. whole thing. They trusted their people. And that's, huh. and maybe that's what happens with this kind of stuff. They trust that's the people exactly where I thought you'd take like, this. It, yeah, yeah, it goes back to humans are more necessary than ever. <laughs> I think, humans which are... may end up being our title, I think. I think that's yeah, our yeah. title. <laughs> it's settled. I did want to clarify just a tiny bit before yeah. we end, though, that yeah. um, I want to, because I threw in something about how you have to be careful with ways in Texas, and just so that I can <laughs> explain what I meant. It, it yeah. works perfectly well. In fact, I use it all the time, and it's great. But you can find yourself, and this was me a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a traffic jam on the highway. I got off the highway. It navigated me over an unpaved road, which is fine. And they were, it's on the map. <laughs> but I literally end up driving in. I, I must have been on somebody's ranch. I'm on this unpaved road going over cattle guards. I'm driving through an actual herd of cattle. Wow. And I'm like, I'm going to get shot. This is terrifying. And it's almost dark. <laughs> I mean, oh, it, it wow. all ended up fine. But I thought that was, you know, hysterical. And be careful with the, I mean, <laughs> taking the back roads in Texas. It didn't yeah. say cattle on the road ahead. I mean, that's the thing. No. Object on the road ahead. Oh, you know, it's just this, it's a road off of the feeder that turned into like an unpaved, you know, it. and then suddenly I'm going yeah. over a cattle guard and there's barbed wire and How there come the cattle. And I'm like, oh you, my God. Did it get you where you're going? Yeah, it ultimately did, in fact, get me where I was going. And I did Faster. not get shot. Right, yeah. stopped wow. cow in and the, the shoulder. People using <laughs> Apple Maps, uh, they they just got stuck into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. But yeah, is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? Wow. Um, I like that one. It's a good one. That is a good one. Um, well, I mean, we are ostensibly talking about, um, or actually, what I've been asked a lot about <laughs> that we didn't cover is. You know, is this if it's Microsoft adding uh, um, Chat GPT to Bing? Is it an existential threat to Google? You know, in, mm, in terms yeah. of uh, and and you know, it, it, it's a great question. In the everybody wants there to be sort of like a sports analogy. You know, knocking off the leader or, or whatever, yeah. and. Uh, I mean, what I what I tried to address in, in in the first thing I was saying is, I think it fundamentally changes people expect people's expectation of how they're going to use search, and it probably changes how um, you know what what search turns out to be in terms of what the responses look like. And we talked about that, um, but if, if anything, and, and Doc talked about this as well, I think I think it's going to raise. All boats, all boats right now just being Google. If you, if you look at search traffic, <laughs> yeah. What? So, so you know, Microsoft's bound to to get some competitive advantage, um, and they didn't they didn't just stop with adding you know ChatGPT as a front end to um, Bing, but also thinking of sort of conversational front ends to you know they're in, well they're they're full spectrum of stuff. And you know, which is which is productivity apps, it's collaboration because they have teams and all that. So there, there's a lot of upside in how having some resource that understands what people say and can sort of respond in mass with with you know rather lengthy suggestions of what they ought to think about that. And um, uh, it, it's not an existential threat to Google. It, 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 you know, ideally, it just raises all of our expectations of how 
the how uh, non non sentient AI <laughs> um, can, can really improve our lives. And and what was really cool is it it's so visible. You know the fact that they just say here's a website, type stuff in, get stuff out. Um, and and on one of our threads when people were saying, yeah, this actually was you, Doc. This is the browser moment. This this was when, yeah, hey, there, there's, yeah. there's chaos in networking and where everything lives and stuff. Um, but you can organize it. You know, anybody can download a browser, run a browser, do their thing, and it radically changed how we did it. Now we're basically saying, hey, here's a site. You can go use your own words and, you know, it, it's just a different way of, of hearing that and then and then responding and it's dramatically better and and it's it's <laughs> positive things are going to happen it's not a winners and losers well there will be winners and losers <laughs> but it's not that's not the way to frame it it's hey what how it works to our advantage right that's great have you seen you.com incidentally? It's something that uh, yeah, one of my you, very smart colleagues you, tweeted yeah. the other day. You.com. Yeah. You. yeah, yeah it, Ezekiel, it. who was on our previous episode before before we broke for the holiday talking about chat, chat GPT. His oh, absolutely. expertise is in AI. He posted out. It looks interesting. I haven't really you, played with it much, but yeah. You like the basically um, structured as a search engine. You.com and and right so it yeah. <laughs> and so so what it's showing is it it, it ain't only going to be Microsoft versus Google that there there's like a a layer of uh, there's a layer of opportunity of innovators that can be relatively small and they can be like you.com which which relates it to general search but then it'll it'll um I don't know what the verb is, but 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 there'll be similar things for you know different to, for customer care for medical whatever that that now we're learning that hey you can you can use your own words and get results and and they'll either leverage the large language models that are out there and and then we have to sort out how everybody gets paid um, or or they'll get specialized they'll get relatively large language models for the specific thing that they're addressing and um bring real benefit to the people that are using it so glad you asked <laughs> wow well put thank you so much for joining us it's the last sure. minute <laughs> good All stuff right. one of our better episodes <laughs>